When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome in. Welcome in, you beautiful fucking people. Here we are again for episode 56. My name is Kyle the Hat. As always, I'm here joined with my best friend in the entire world, Mr. Eric Wolverton. That's me. I am his best friend in the entire world, Eric Wolverton. And we do the show, Oh No Disc Golf, which is a podcast where Eric and I chat about disc golf. And other things, we do this once a week. Eric, what is your random tangent of the day? All right. So, as anyone who follows football knows, Tom Brady retired. So, I think he's going to come for Paul McBeth's beating him and is getting to the sixth world champion. We're going to see Tom Brady out there slinging tomahawks and thumbers because, you know, he can throw a football pretty well. So, that'd be his go-to, go-to shot, right? Putting, too. Probably like an overhand sling shot. A, sling a overhand putter in there from like 150 feet away. Blow fly it, right? I wonder. New rule changes for the 2022 season. We are going to get ready for the first tournament of the season, Las Vegas Challenge. And we're going to give you our top five Jimmy Neutron characters who would blast a disc. Uh, LOL. <laughs> Brain blast. I hope you watch Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> Otherwise, Google it. Yeah, if you didn't watch Jimmy Neutron, it probably won't make a whole lot of sense to you, but we'll probably get pretty funny during it. So Those are usually pretty good segments. Yeah. Especially when we try to make the list together, because we always disagree, so there's always some sort of back and forth. I'm sure there will be today. Oh, I, yeah. I, I already think, yep, have one, yeah. <laughs> All right, so... If uh, you haven't noticed, there's been some pretty big rule changes. Some of them are pretty big, right? I'd put like pretend quotes around the bit word big, you know? I feel it's like not... some of them are pretty big. Not all of them. There's a lot. Yeah, there's there's quite a few. So you're going to want to at least brush up on them and know so that you can use any of these rule changes to your advantage or so you don't mess up and get stroked after the fact. So the first one, instead of taking a meter straight out from the OB, you can take it in any direction. So it's like a semicircle of one meter that would would rotate from, from the side of OB. If you're a visual person, please Google it. <laughs> just just like pretend I'm holding a line and and Drawing a semicircle. <laughs> just, just pretend. Use your, use your imagination. I'm sure, it's helping. Uh, well, we actually, if you've watched the, uh, the thing, the All Star Weekend, they had a, they had a talk about that on how, how the rule would work. So it's already coming up, and it's probably gonna come up for you. I don't have a lot of OB to play with, so that's cool. I mean, I do. So it, it's pretty big. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying gives you a pretty big. A lot of options for how to 
yeah like better use mm. your lie i guess and i think you're still you know so let's say you take it on like a pretty big angle backwards you're still not allowed to like you can't have a, any any of your body part in ob so you'll still have to like find a way to make sure that you're not in ob and some of them are bigger than others but this one's a little bit smaller uh you can ask to take a bathroom break and you won't be penalized for the time so it's actually kind of helpful Yep. You can take a break at night, you know, halfway through a round if you need to. If you're going to utilize this one, do your best to do it when there is a bathroom nearby, you know? I mean... Oh, yeah. Don't do it in, like, the corner of the course. Yeah. You know... Unless you're going to, like, poop your pants. Yeah. <laughs> but don't hold up the whole tournament. Or try not to. I shouldn't say don't. Try not to. Do your best. You know, if you see a bathroom nearby, just try to use it then, so... But still, I think I think that's nice you know it's not making anyone i mean hold all it. my all my ibs uh you know people you, you get it so now this supported in any way by the basket not on top of the where the chains are the chain support but any way that a disc is supported by the basket counts as in so those little hangers that you don't see often but you'll see every once in a while if you wedge it in the side um that counts Whereas like those didn't count before, so now now you could take a blowfly and just shove it through the hole uh, in the basket. The hole in the basket. <laughs> well, it doesn't even have to go on the way in. It can be halfway in, partial the way in. Honestly, I didn't know this one either. The if you find a disc that had already been declared lost, you still take a penalty stroke. I thought that was always the rule. I didn't know that. It was like a gray area, I think. But I've actually had this happen in a tournament. Right, like you just never talked about. Yeah, it just, right, it, we just moved it along and they didn't get their stroke or whatever because we found the disc, so. God, gotcha. uh, but, but, and it it was crazy because we like called it and then like literally five, like maybe four seconds go by, finds it. Right, like everyone's moving out of that area and someone finds yeah, it. Yeah, and thing. they find it on the way out. Gotcha. So it was like, it was, you know. I don't know. But anyway, you know, so it does happen. Yeah. But anyway, under this new rule, they would get their stroke anyway, because you did take up the time, technically. Yeah. So, but okay. Does that mean if you find it, can you take that shot, but still take a penalty stroke? Or do you still have to throw again? And I believe you then have to still take the penalty. So you have to take an extra shot and a stroke. So you're throwing three, right? Is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. That's what I imagined it as, but I just wanted to be clear. Yeah. So find your disc within the allotted time. You are allowed to use the disc you lost if you find it. And this is from ultiworld.com. Uh, the previous rule included and free of distractions in like where it switched it to during which the playing area is clear. So it was basically broad enough to where it was unenforceable. Unenforceable. So... Now it's enforceable. So you can't like they use the example SWAT or SWAT at not SWAT 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 at Nats. That's hard to say. SWAT. Oh my gosh. SWAT at Nats <laughs> and reset your clock. Keep it moving, folks. Basically, you know, it's like when your thirty seconds starts, your thirty seconds starts. You can't yeah. So, but what? That's once you address your lie, right? Like once, because you have two. Yeah, minutes. it's it's go, it's once still going like, through the same order. The only thing changing is that last part. Got 
Gotcha. All right. So there's been a lot of talk, too, about the next one, how they changed the Mando rule. And honestly, the way I'm rooting it on Alti World is confusing me more. Let's, let's hear it. Why? So the way I've seen it explained is you can, like, make the Mando, but then if the disc hits a tree on the other side of the Mando and kicks back through, you're still technically not making the Mando. Is that how you understand it? Kicking what way? What are you talking about? All right. So if you make the Mando and then there is a tree like just past the Mando, it hits that tree and then it kicks back and hits the restricted area that you're not supposed to go through. That's not making the Mando anymore. Right? I don't think so. No. All right. So you'd have to like re or whatever they do. That's not what changed at all. I don't then, well what is a then I don't understand so that. So it's not where change. it's it's not it removes any consideration about where it lands. It doesn't matter where it lands. It matters where the disc has, is going. So where did this go? Did it make the did it make the initial mando? Then it made the mando. Doesn't matter where it lands. Basically is what it's saying. Shortened shortened down airspace, right? I don't feel like it changed the man the Mando rule at all. Like, what was it before? I think it just made it more clear. All right. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't see any, any change, but that's fine. That makes it easy for me. I thought one of the cooler changes is making people sign up for the PDGA if you want to play a B tier or above. Yeah, I thought that was, I mean, something. I mean, I don't feel like a lot of people who are going to be playing B tiers are going to be baggers anyway, but maybe there are. I maybe don't know. there, right? So what is it now? You have to be part of the PDGA, or what is it? Yeah, you have to be a PDGA member. See, that's why I, I thought pretty much everybody who would be participating in a B tier would be a member anyway. Yeah, normally, but maybe, maybe not. I don't know. What's establishing a position? So it's just clarifying a rule. It's rule 805.01. So if a disc comes to rest above a playing surface, its position is on the playing surface directly below the disc. If there is no playing surface below the disc, then its position is on the playing surface above the disc. So that one day where your disc landed underneath the pipe culvert yeah yeah we did it correctly it's it's that it's that rule it's just clarifying as long as that water is casual right is what you're saying yep cool yeah those all the rule changes there's ghost cards i don't even know what that is (laughs) i just thought it sounded spooky oh it it was just a joke well, I mean, like all the rules, all the major ones, go check it out. There's a lot of specific little things that we probably missed, so check it out. Yeah, check it out. It's on Alti World. There's also other places I'm sure you can read it. There's a whole lot of, uh, like, clarifying rules for, like, starting, like, at your hole at the beginning of a tournament. and uh, Just what happens when you miss. It's It's just a whole bunch of clarification stuff, so pretty kind of boring but check it out if you like boring stuff like me <laughs> yeah rules are cool i mean what happens if you start on the wrong hole you know like, trouble. now now we have a rule for it 
you're reprimanded and tossed out of the tournament. Yeah, you butt spanked in front of everyone. <laughs> Bare bottom. <laughs> Time for me to tell you all about my tournament. Eric almost won a tournament. I did not. It wasn't even close. It was called uh, Winter Wonderland. It was definitely winter. It was not a wonderland out there. It was at Wix in Saginaw, which is one of Kyle's favorite courses. It's kind of one of mine, too. I enjoy it. Shout out, Wix. And it was interesting, to say the least. About anywhere from 15 to 30 plus mile an hour winds with, I think it started off as like negative 10 with wind chill. Like round one started off with about negative 10, I think, right around there. Yeah. Didn't go in with super high hopes. I mean, you know, not like I wasn't like down, you know, downing myself. I just didn't have like unreasonable, unreasonable expectations. High hopes, reasonable expectations. Yes. I played a lot thinking mostly about my mental game, trying to focus on my mental game, which is something I've don't think I've ever really struggled with that bad, but it was interesting to play and be kind of like hyper aware. Be I was like just really hyper aware of of all of my thoughts approaching each shot, and so it was kind of a struggle at times. Yeah, it was. I don't know. It was. It was just a kind of a different feeling. I was telling Kyle it was like the first time I've ever been mentally exhausted. After a tournament, you know, usually my body's pretty tired, but were you prepared? Like, uh, did you have did you have all the like hand warmers and like all the stuff ready to go? Yes, I had plenty of socks. Two, well, one extra, two extra pairs of socks, which I always switch one. This for the second round anyway. Something about starting off with a fresh pair of socks, even if it's like a nice day out and I didn't get my feet wet at all. Lots of or extra pair of gloves. Lots of hand warmers. Had my Zippo hand warmer as well as just an extra one in case my Zippo one was spitting flames. Hey. Lots of extra towels, which it was kind of so cold that the snow didn't stick to it. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> one benefit. Yep. Um, of the hor- horrible cold. Yeah, it's still nice to have, but uh, yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't really need the towels. Every once in a while, I'd like, you know, continue just like hold the hand warmers under a towel and just hold hold the heat in a little bit more. So use them for multiple things. That sounds really quite cold. Yeah, it was it was really cold, but everyone was playing in it. So it was it was fair. So the kind of the two things I went into focusing on was I wanted to commit to every shot I took and not be timid on the putting green i wanted to like run my putts if i thought i could make it and i did that for the most part there was a couple times where i kind of caught myself slipping any any good makes yeah i mean also that this is probably the highlight of the tournament was birdieing number one on the second round didn't have anything like really crazy for putts but made you know I felt like most of the ones I should have made, there's, you know, still a couple misses where I caught myself kind of slipping and either picturing getting up to the next hole already, you know, like my mind wasn't at that putt. I was already like thinking, like counting it as made and moving on type gotcha. things. But yeah, no, I didn't have like any crazy throw-ins or anything like that. I had a lot of like, you know, pretty nice shots, a couple ace runs on eight both times where 
probably my mental game hit the worst was right after I birdied one, I checked the score for some reason. I don't normally check score. I just kind of keep playing, but I wanted to kind of make a push, one last push. And I, so I checked the score. I was going into number two, which is almost impossible. Not almost impossible. It's a really hard three. Like it's, it's a tough, you know, tough three to get. You know, it's almost impossible to get a two. And then hole three is also a tough, like two to get, or, you know, tough, even a tough three to get. So I went into like the last two holes with just a little bit of a disadvantage, not really, but it was just like a hard, hard two holes to to get to and completely shanked both shots because I was just thinking about getting past those holes. I wasn't concentrating on the one shot I had to throw. So Gotcha. That's what happened. Ended up taking sixes on both of them back to back and I learned from my mistakes, hopefully. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Other than that, those are easy to take sixes on. Yeah, I mean, I feel like three is one of the holes that I have decently, I wouldn't call it dialed, but... But, like, if you I, hit early, I'm just oh, saying, it's like, yes, I it's it's not supposed shanked. to be really, like, tough, but... Yeah, I shanked my shot way off to the left, like, way hard, where I had to go up that backwards path. That's how I had to, like, go to the basket, you know, like, that, that path that... Yeah, I I was way over there, and I had to toss a little zone up. Um, well, I had to just pitch out, toss a zone up, missed, missed like a, still left myself with like a twenty five foot putt, missed the putt. It's a tough basket then, location too. Yeah, missed the like not not quite a tap in, but I was just like, yeah, trying to rush myself out of out of that hole. I was like, all right, just rush out of here, get the five, and you know maybe it can get the birdie on four. But yeah, so. You win some, you lose some. It was still fun, despite the cold. That's disc golf. Yeah. Didn't lose any discs. Didn't stick my feet through the snow, or the ice, not the snow. <laughs> still finished above my rating, but it was uh, it was hard for everybody, so that's why it didn't wouldn't affect my rating. So that's good. Two thumbs up. I'll play next year if they do it. So, first real tournament of the year... Well, Disc Golf Pro Tour Tour Tournament of the Year is going to start tomorrow, the 24th, the Las Vegas Challenge, and I updated how we're going to play Fire Rounds this year. So I'm going to try to quickly run through them. Not going to try to take a whole lot of time. The rule change episode. Read read through this. So number one is we got to make sure we make our picks before the round starts for anybody. That was like... We were trying to do that, but sometimes we were leaning on it, lenient on it to make sure we were having fun. And the way you can earn points for each individual round is you can get one point for beating the other players. So whoever picks the hottest gets one point. One point for picking what that player scores. One point for picking the hottest score. One point for picking the hottest player. And you can get one point. A bonus point if you pick everything right. We can't pick the same player, but the scores can be the same. So you can get a total of five points, and then if your player aces, you get two points for that day. But he has to ace on that day, obviously. So you can't actually get a total of seven. But that's like very, very, very unlikely. It's a magical yeah. hit. <laughs> Not unlikely, but you know what I mean. And then we're going to do it for FPO and MPO sides. And then we're going to add a bonus pick in. That we're going to pick on air 
each week before the tournament, and we're going to pick who shoots the hottest round for the tournament. So one pick and then, you know, over the four rounds or whatever it is. Um, Points for that is you get five points if the person picks the actual, like, hottest the hottest player for the round, and you get five total, another five points if you pick the right score. So a total of ten points can be awarded if you if you pick both of them. Again, players cannot be the same, but scores can. Same as last year, loser from the week before picks first, and loser from the day before picks first for daily hot rounds. And if one of us forgets, then they forfeit the chance to pick once rounds start. So, that being said, we have the Las Vegas Challenge across, what is it, two courses or three courses? Do you remember? I think it's three. Innova Course, I think it's Innova, Wild Horse, and Infinite Course, if I remember right. Could be wrong. Last year, it was taken down by Eagle McMahon with an insane lead. Going to be a big hyzer fest, so pick your distance thrower and run with them. Who gets to pick first? You can pick first if you want. I won last. You won last year. I made the rules, so feeling pretty confident. I'll let you go first, since since uh, I I won. All right, then I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Ezra Aderhold. Damn it, Eric! He came in second last year, so fingers crossed. Yeah, and but Eagles injured. I know. That's what I'm saying. I tried to make you pick first, but no. Yeah, go it, it was a battle a, of who was going to pick Ezra. Negative 14. Going to shoot, go for hot, hot. Oh, and FPO, I'm going to go with Christian Tatar at a negative 9. We'll see how far I'm off. You don't have to pick the day they're going to shoot it, but you just have to, you know. What's Kyle going with? How much? How many under did you put for female? Nine under. Eight for Paige Pierce. You know what? Screw it. Nine. Let's go nine. Why? Just because you don't want to lose points? No, because I think nine is a more aggressive play. Ten sounds unreasonable. Why is six afraid of seven? So, Drew Gibson. All right. All right. I like it. I dig it. Is 15 under possible? I think so, especially with like what uh, whatever course is that really short eagle. They just have drop zone or like they just, you know, like the, what's it called? The uh, things? The things. We'll go with 15. 15 under Drew Gibson. You know, like the one where eagles play is literally just jump putt, jump putt, jump putt for par. You can get like a really easy eagle. I do remember that, yeah. On the green. Yeah. So. Yeah, Gibson goes for it, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he'll have an amazing day. 15 under sounds like it can't remember what ezra's score was last year that was like 1099 rated i should have pulled that up that would have been that would have been a good podcast thing to do i I kind of thought actually you would have went with uh calvin that's what i thought you would have definitely done after you stole ezra my brain just like farted you're gonna you're gonna freaking change your mind after the podcast is over i bet i already did Nope, hold on, wait, wait, just in case you want to make any any more changes, Ezra shot a 16 down, so 15 is very plausible, very possible. 17. I almost want to change my number. You're going 17. Go ahead and change yours, 17. Let's go crazy. Well, he's going to, because I I thought Ezra, I said he's going to do one better, so he has to shoot 17. (laughs) (laughs) Round two. 
So Drew's gonna do it. Drew is gonna do it. Yep, I yep, I bumped it up to a sixteen under. So just so we're clear, Ezra at sixteen, Kristen and PP, Paige Pierce at nine under the PP and Drew Gibson at seventeen under for the weekend hot rounds, and then we'll make our daily hot round picks as we go. Three, two, one. Top, top five. five. Oh, yeah. Blast instead of top five. What? I said I should have said brain blast instead of top five. Brain blast. That would have been funny. So for our top five, we picked the top five Jimmy Neutron characters who would blast a disc. You know who we forgot? Your mom. We forgot the closing screen guy. Hi, I'm Paul. At the end, you know, there's oh, always yeah. that three-headed monkey. It goes, hi, I'm Paul. We should have put him in there. Paul. Paul. Well, We're going to put him. Put him in he's the. On me- the uh, put it mention. Yeah, he's on the honorable mention. We'll just get that out of the way. Paul. Well, the Paul, yeah. DNA Productions monkey. Thanks, Paul. Nailed it. So, starting off at number five, we have Jimmy Neutron. The boy the himself. Yes, the, the boy wonder. Is that what they call him? Eh. Overrated. <laughs> The funny-shaped head Jimmy Neutron. We put Jimmy Neutron because... Actually, now that I think about it, they all have funny-shaped heads. They do. Is that just a cartoon thing? Must be I, cartoon they just thing. went hard with these cartoons. They're just really funnily yeah. shaped. Yeah. All right, anyway, Jimmy Neutron would start off... Boy genius. Yeah, the boy genius. <laughs> would start off making an invention to try to help him succeed in disc golf. And it would fail like it normally does at the beginning of the episode. And so he would do bad the entire 17 holes. And then hole 18, he would have a brain blast to save an ace. So he'd hit the ace pool, but he would still be stuck himself so far into a hole with tr- trying to use it as invention. And it would but fail. But he hit that ace, so. Mm-hmm. He takes Who's the money. real winner here? I can't answer that because that'll give spoilers away from That's our true. List. He's all the way at number five. Not our boy. <laughs> His hair looks like uh, ice cream cone. Yep. Ice cream or whipped cream, too. Kind of smooth whipped cream. Name a cream. Any cream. <laughs> Oof. That was quite a joke. <laughs> this is uh, starting off bad. <laughs> Okay, number four (laughs) is Cindy. Cindy is the, you know, rival? Is that the word? Rival. Yes, rival. The boy wonder. Genius. That's what we decided. The the person, the the whipped cream. The whipped cream head. (laughs) Secretly likes him, I think. But anyway. I think they, they go through that. I think she'd just be like the Paige Pierce of, you know, that universe. Obviously, like, she's super smart, so she'd be able to figure out and practice and get good at it. Yeah. Easy. He's busy there. Yeah, and I think Cindy always does anything just to be, like, one better than Jimmy, you know? Like, her goal is just to beat Jimmy, so she'd also, she'd be better than Jimmy, but she'd also not be as good as our next three people. That makes sense. Yep. But she'd be competitive, like, if Jimmy got into it. She'd be there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Has to be Jimmy. And for our number three, we picked Bowlby. I don't know his last name, but it looks like it's something European. 
And I'm pretty sure Europeans are good at disc golf. I've heard that once or twice from people. So, And he always seems like the kind of character that's like wildly, randomly good at things. Like he'd be able to like throw it with his toe or something. Throw it with his toe. I dig it. He is a foreign exchange student. So I think whatever country he's from, he they play disc golf over there. And he just comes to America and destroys them in disc golf. I could totally see it. Bolby Stroganovowski. All right, number two. Number two, it went with Sheen. Obviously, the kid has ADHD. It's a superpower. No, I'm just kidding. But the dude should be able to just, like, run around the course in circles around everyone else. I have ADHD. Obviously, I'm the best disc golfer in the world, so. Best disc golfer ever. See me throw that disc right over those mountains. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, but Sheen Sheen would be pretty fairly good, I think. It seems like an athletic kid. He's really uh, flexible, can put his leg behind his head. Tall and uh lanky. Doesn't have doesn't have a chin to get in the way. No Who eyebrows. Chins? Aerodynamic. I'm saying the chin would it the the help of not having a chin. It wouldn't get in his or way. Or eyebrows. Aerodynamics. Yeah. I I personally wanted to put Mrs. Fowl here. Check under these armpits. Miss, I shave. Mrs. Fowl. Makes me aerodynamic when I fight. <laughs> it's from. Uh, Does it? Yeah. Do you know what that's from? Yes, it's from uh, Pineapple Express. Nailed it. That's what we should pick next the Ooh. Pineapple Express characters. See you guys next week. My number one, or our number one, that is probably secretly Paul Macbeth, is Jimmy's dad, Hugh Neutron. He is also tall, like Sheen, and he's got these big, long, gangly arms. He, I think, really... secretly would be a stoner, too, so he's played disc golf before. Yeah, that's what, and then, then he met his wife, Jimmy's mom, and uh, had to had to go down a straight path, so then he Straightened got kicked bit. off of the disc golf tour. That's my guess. And I'm right there with him. And honorable mention to Miss Fowl, because I think she's probably an old hippie, too. Let us know if you have any other top five suggestions for characters playing disc golf or anything you can think of. Let us know. That was episode 56. 56. Talked about the PDGA rule changes. We talked about the LVC, the Las Vegas Challenge, and picked our weekend hot rounds. And we gave you our top five Jimmy Neutron characters who would brain blast a disc. Thank you for listening. This is 56, the start of season two. Thank you for listening. If you listen to any of season one, go back and listen. We have 55 episodes from the past year for your year balls pleasures. So put your chair in a butt. We didn't nearly talk about how this is season two as much as we talked about how the last episode was the end of season one. <laughs> figured we'd wait until the end yeah i forgot <laughs> that was the thing so that was it he forgot <laughs> but thank you for listening and we'll see you guys next week catch you on the flip side